Oh God. Yeah. We're here. I don't even know where to look. Uh, I'm gonna look back at my computer. Okay. We're we're not in a studio, I guess. This is a studio of sorts. Mm. This is studio your... apartment. Hey, it's on not. your taxes, do you write off a home office? Uh, yeah. We're in studio, everybody. Yeah, I guess so. And this isn't even the part that's written off. So now I got to call my accountant real quick. Now you get to write off this part too and all the furniture. Yeah. I don't know how that works. I just got a rundown of that yesterday. Wow. This is so far from interesting. This is, yo, is this racist <laughs> in person? We're here. This is so far from interesting. That's right. This is the podcast. Yo, is this racist? Where well, we no, the, to your the, voice the questions Andrew's about racism part. with the help of a special guest or guest. I'm Tony Neeson. That's Andrew T. Over there, we got Kevin Bartelt. Even Kevin's here. Kevin, I'm here. here. Hi, everyone. We did it. We I, did it. Did we? Figuring out we're Andrew's taxes. We're, yeah, we're doing. We did it. My taxes. I'm, File quarterly, everyone. I'm thrilled. You're making it more boring. I'm thrilled <laughs> to be. In person, I'm thrilled to be in the presence of the two lovely teenage dogs eating mm -hmm. a peanut. I'm thrilled that we had a gorgeous meal. Andrew prepared stunning. a gorgeous meal, multiple courses. There was uh, there was banchan, there was rice, there was it, 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 it kept coming. There was miso soup. It was one trip to the Korean store. And a lot of work. You were in there yeah. like uh, the yeah. Swedish chef just bouncing around. So me and Kevin and Nate were having a suboptimal pod summit. We had a little mm -hmm. meeting and Andrew was cooking and then we were going to eat. And he was just in there like bouncing around, slaving away. Took too really? long. Took too long on the food. But not, not possible. It was good. Um, it was delicious. I, I will just say, I could have I asked this question off mic. No, this is what we do. We do our laundry on mic. How does a summit differ from a meeting? Because you had said summit last week and I, I let it go and I was like, Am I supposed to be doing something? I more think than summit's a longer meeting? than a meeting, and it just feels a little more fun. I just liked the alliteration, guys. Me That's too. All okay. that was happening in my I head. I like the alliteration. I, I just I was making sure because I was like, shit, we didn't do like summit. We, you know what we did do summit wise is we did um, take a, a photograph of the chairs we we're about to sit in, which feels like a very very summity. Summit That's yeah. summity. I guess yeah. a summit is also like you bring different regional people from different areas, which uh -huh. we kind of did. I live really far away. It's true. Yeah. So this was a this was a retreat. Um, it's been a good week for hmm, well, it's been a good-ish week for Hollywood things for oh, yeah. for black women and people of color getting recognized in uh, uh, in Emmy nominations. There, I mean, I don't know the statistics, but so many so many shows helmed by black women or with plenty of black women on writing staffs that got Emmy noms. Amber Ruffin's show being mm -hmm. one of them. Fantastic show on Peacock. Uh, black Lady Sketch Show with friend of the show Lacey Mosley and friend of the show Ashley Nicole Black. Fun flat, fun, fun <laughs> flacked, fun Ashley Nicole Black is that she works on both of those shows. Oh, wow. So this bitch competing against herself mm -hmm. as a first time Emmy nom. Actually, I don't know that she's first time nominated, but th yeah. only one is will win is the important thing. <laughs> and I said she deserves both of them. Um, and then, which I just think all of that is incredible because it, for the people who that stuff matters to, like mm -hmm. Emmys and stuff, that will hopefully make them watch the shows if hopefully they weren't it matters for like people's quotes and for like yes, yeah, for money. recognition and mm -hmm. like, um, and it is just like, it is nice to see our industry get incrementally less racist every now and again. Sure. In some ways and nice. then make yeah. horrible slides back in other you know, ways. Uh, uphill, downhill. Kind of um, thing. Two steps back. 
Now, Amber's show, which I think is so fantastically done, is on Peacock. And if you are a, a person who's like, I am subscribed to too many things, which I, <laughs> I identify with, it is still super helpful to just share the clips. They put the clips online and even just helping to create awareness for a show like that. I know we said similar things with um, Rutherford Falls, also on Peacock. Mm-hmm. I'm really not trying to say don't subscribe to Peacock. I don't know why this is. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like mad anti-Peacock. No, no, no. I love Peacock. Peacock's great. They have great shows. Um <laughs> No, I was just saying, like, if you're like, damn, I can't watch yeah. another thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And I probably Amber Ruffin's show more than, uh, you know, talk shows are kind of these days designed to be shared on yes. the Twitter. So that's mm-hmm, especially sure. like a good way to do it. Because they have cool little standalone pieces. Yeah. Um, and so much music. Amber um, and Tarek really do. They just create a lot of little songs and stuff. It's just a joy. Uh, and then the other one I wanted to bring up was Ted Lasso, though it is not helmed by a person of color. That show's on Apple with uh, Jason Sudeikis. And I think it is such a good example of a show that is effortlessly diverse and also never takes shots at, you know, we're past, hopefully we're past the days of shows being like, (laughs) you're dumb because you're different than me, but we still get a lot of the shows that are like, I'm a white guy and I don't understand why your name's so complicated, which is still like annoying and a microaggression. And I will say, watched every episode of season one, the show never does it. It just stays in a, delightfully funny place that never like punches down at people for being different and uh so they have 20 emmy nominations which i was like you know what any other show i'd be annoyed but uh (laughs) yeah 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 this one's doing a good job yeah um and again it's like hopefully the 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 industry reflects the world more and more Mm -hmm. and i guess less of the bad part of the world Mm -hmm. which i don't know shit ashley wrote on that show too i just realized so ashley nicole black friend of the show hire her for more things i guess She's probably, she'll probably have to turn you down. Probably, yeah, don't. In fact, that's going to be that. That will be uh, a tough, tough discussion. Yeah, try her agents, I guess. Yeah, hit hit her, hit her agents up. Um, yeah. well, anyway, I just wanted to shout those things out because it's nice to talk about good things for once. I right before we recorded, I said there hasn't been like a a typical like woman screaming at picnickers in the news lately. So yeah, well, there probably has, but we. <laughs> either didn't see it or don't see it and i don't know i don't know if that's good or bad it's neither it's probably neither it's probably squarely neither yeah the bad news part of the stuff was i guess like um la pd uh famously racist and violent um i so there's this whole thing there's a like a Korean spa in um, Koreatown, another place is called We Spa, um, that have come to the has come to the attention of um, the we'll call you know just the MAGA people, which is you know should be sort of synonymous with whatever racist you know violent uh, far right whatever. Um, they, so they have been protesting it. Um, I was made aware of this, that there were counter-protests by sort of, like, good people. Mm. Um, And I will admit, I, when I first, it first came across, I think I saw it in a signal group or something, and I, like, kind of didn't, I kind of, like, I was also busy, but I kind of put my head in the sand a little bit, Mm. because I was, like, just seeing We Spa, and, oh, so this is over, um, uh, there was a trans uh, woman, I believe, I'm, I'm not even totally sure, trans woman using the women's locker room, and someone complained, or maybe manufactured a complaint, it's, I believe, unclear as of this recording, um, and, of course, that got all the um, 
you know, MAGA people who I keep calling racist. It's sort of not maybe strictly relevant right this second, but you you people know how my mind works. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah, and, and of course, um, this week, uh, the LAPD, surprise, surprise, of course, like, fired on counter-protesters mm-hmm. and, like... Um, you know, they they broke someone's arm. I saw on Twitter. They were like, you know, using quote less than lethal rounds on protesters in a way that is not how they're supposed to be used in a way that can be lethal. So mm-hmm. they tried to kill a woman. Um, yeah, this is on video. There was a woman asking them to put uh, their weapons down, and yeah. one of the cops shot her in the chest with uh, a beanbag gun, yeah. which can be lethal. Yeah, it's and it is this thing of like, you know. Um, yeah, the the LAPD, like, I don't know. It is this thing, I guess, where it's, I've said some version of this many times before, but it's like, right, even when you're in a blue state, even when you're in a big mm. city, a liberal city or whatever, like, this is the arm of, like, the far right. They are violently doing it. Um, I will say, again, as happened last year, the thing that is sort of depressing and seems to be escalating is there at one point, at least, it felt like the LAPD it was at least kind of cognizant of the media. All like, the bad press? Yeah, they would do less. They would at least be less um, enthusiastic about committing their, like, right-wing violence mm. um, in the daytime in front of cameras. And now it's just more and more of it. So mm-hmm. that feels like it bodes ill for the world. Um, but yeah, it is like, you know, contribute to bail funds do what you can. Um, but yeah, LAPD and LA Sheriff's Department, this is, sorry, bringing up a story we didn't discuss beforehand, but the um, gang member sheriff of LA County, Villanueva, I think his name mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. Um, basically announced that they wouldn't be enforcing the mask <laughs> uh, mask requirements. Um, you know, so, um, you know, needless to say, like they are not protecting the public safety. They are public protecting the rights of a few um, racists. This is a little complicated too, because I half love the idea that now some shop owner who's trying to enforce a good thing, but does it in the wrong way, cannot now just call a cop who possibly will show up and make the situation much worse and more unsafe so it's convoluted because people should be wearing masks there's a mask mandate in la now other cities too uh and business owners shouldn't have to enforce that themselves but also the cops ain't the people either yeah Yeah. so also uh, don't worry there will still be racist shop owners calling in police who will respond when it's a it's like a group of black teens yeah yeah (laughs) so don't worry the racist violence will continue Mm. um is there a silver lining not fucking really i don't know it's just like sort of horrible continues apace i will say this and this may be a slightly i know we talked positively about like people going to the olympics in terms of sporting excellence but um this shit is only going to ramp up as people mm. as the la olympics get closer um yeah it's it's like bad i i guess like do something if you can you know, get different district attorneys, get different city attorneys, um, like try to get the least racist sheriff you can find, the least 
clear gang member sheriff you can find, <laughs> that might be hard. But um, yeah, because LA's bad. We're we're in bad shape. I don't know. Um, it does feel like because a lot of the national attention is has shifted. Uh, so yeah, things just feel different than they did last summer for a variety of, le- yeah. of reasons. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, to the extent that you were like, d- try to like, remember the passion for justice you had mm-hmm. and the stick togetherness of it and kind of realize that now is the time. Actually, this is when it's not as like fun to mm-hmm. be doing the right thing. And look, I know everyone's busy and like everyone's worn out, but like do a little bit more if you can. You know, don't hurt yourself, of course, but do a little bit more um, because shit, shit is getting worse. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because just less people are engaged right now, which is kind of OK. Some people need a break, yeah. but the same problems are persisting. So yeah. if you have the energy, yeah, it's helpful to just, you know, um, small things. Uh, finding a, a, a mutual aid group that you like working with. They have them in every city. Yeah. Talk to your most radical friend and find out what shit they're up to. We all got one. And it's easier than you think. Yeah. Didn't you just like go drop off plates the other day? Not to like pat you on the back, but I'm just as an example of like an easy thing to do is. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, yeah. Solidarity and Snacks continues apace. um, I suppose Um, send send their Venmo some some money because um, they, we, I don't know how to describe the group, need it. that actually, it has been like you know, as LA gets warmer, everywhere gets warmer. Like the group has been handing out like so much water. We've been running out of water every week, and mm-hmm. it's like just you know, every every dollar counts. But also, there's so many places and so much need. Yeah. Um, free fridge is another one that's in a lot of cities. That's yeah. an easy one to support. It's yeah. very simple. It's just a fridge full of food that yeah. anyone can get food out of. Yeah, and anyone can put food into. Mm-hmm. Um. But also as the summer, I, I think like frozen water bottles do are really helpful for many reasons. Well, that was the bummer corner with Andrew. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe I should have wrapped it up with the all the all the fun Emmy stuff, but it's okay. <laughs> no, let's start. Well, it's either that or we got a snoozing dog. I don't know. That's pretty cute. I do like being so close to Peanut while she sleeps. Mm. It makes me feel peaceful. She's being really cute right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Wish she could see it. Um, <laughs> let us know if you would like to see a video of Yo, Is This Racist? Especially mm-hmm. when we're in person. Maybe you want to see some dogs running around while we tell you bummer news. Yeah. Let us know that feels like that. it's a podcast thing. We've seen other places. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we're trying to figure out some, some especially now that like, Tani is back from Canada. I'm back, baby. And um, we did some for the premium show. But uh, yeah, this is a different thing. So let us know if yeah. you want to see that the stuff that you want to see right um this is my first time seeing all of your photography andrew oh, in person oh yeah oh we didn't even walk we should walk down the hallway this other stuff <laughs> this is is this the good tour. podcasting pointing to the hallway pointing the visuals um of a photograph well now anyone who is mentally trying to map out your home they have more we've given them more details yeah there's a little, a little hallway loose. We one, said studio apartment one at one time, but is that true? Who knows? One day you're just going to get a drawing in the mail in like five years, and it's going to be an accurate blueprint of your home. Yeah. Well, once they kind of figure out, they've probably seen one photograph. They saw the mics. They could probably do a little like echolocation, mm-hmm. get a get a, a sense of the size of the room we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, they can probably piece it together from dog photos for the rest. Yeah, probably. So come find me. No, don't find us. <laughs> 
Oh, here I forgot to talk about um, the guy with the rigger shirt. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. How you doing, Tani? Um, I'm fine. I was just uh, on set for a little job on Friday, and um, when I walked to lunch, one of the riggers, which is an electrical union position on set, one of those guys had a black shirt in white block letters on the back. It just said riggers, very big, and I like my breath caught because I misread yeah. it. And it was staggering. And then I thought it was funny, and I sent it to um, Andrew, and uh, I think I sent it to Zig too. And I was just like, "This is this is wild. Stop me in my tracks." And then I posted it, and I got like one person who was like, "You misreading this detracts from the real racism that happened." Like it was just what? a long. It, it was a person annoyed that I was d- distracting from the real mission. They said also this was a white person. So yeah. I didn't have to make that clear. And yeah. but what it did was it was funny. It was um, someone that follows Ify Wadiway. Yeah. And Ify kind of like responded to them or whatever and kind of like told them why, you know, why this was worth posting. Also, like, I didn't say like, we must get rid of this shirt. I was just like, look at this wild shit, basically. Yeah. And most people had the reaction I did, which was like, don't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't enjoy that. Um, but it was funny because it, I was mildly annoyed that this person was mad at me for something. All I did was post a fucking picture. Yeah. But it got me an iffy um, and Zig texting about, yeah. you know, just wild fun. So, and I was like, oh, I haven't talked iffy in a while. Yeah. I so, mean, there is also that world. So thank and, you, insufferable Twitter person. <laughs> there, There is, it's that like, you know, we're, I, I don't know you're paraphrasing, but like to the extent that there there is pushback, for, especially from white people of like what the quote mission is. Yeah. Like, you're not my fucking boss. I literally said, meet some black people and please get out of my mentions. Yeah. <laughs> it's Amazing. like, just get out of here. <laughs> There's so often, like, we do get, like, um, every now and again, just, like, a discuss or, like, yeah. like, a link to this. And it's like... Thoughts? Yeah. It's like... Like, bitch, what? I think... I think you're not my dad. <laughs> I think we're not. I think call in 323-389-7223 is what mm-hmm. I think. That's 323-389-RACE and leave your voicemail questions. Which we will get to after this break. Let's take a break. Are we back? We're back from the ad. We did it. Back from the ad. We did it. Kevin just said we both sound great. <laughs> Guys, I don't want to be like, you know, a woo-woo lady, like a LA Crystals lady. No offense to those. It's just not my journey. But um, we've gotten, we've started getting ads for things right after I started using them. Wow. And I don't even talk about on the on here. Oh. But, but like I have Googled them, so I don't know how much they're tracking us. <laughs> but like StockX, now we have that ad for StockX. Yep. I just started using that when I got into Jordans. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> In 2021, I just got into Jordans. And then... um. What was the other one I just started birthday using? Birthday candles? <laughs> Not yet birthday candles, but happy to use them now. <laughs> no, there was something else a couple weeks ago that I was like, oh my God, I just started using this. Anyway, I just think it's I think it's serendipitous. I think it means something. I mean, I if I recall the last week's BetterHelp ad, I recorded it in a panic because I was late for my BetterHelp appointment. Hey. Why are we doing free ads? This is wild. There we go. I'm just saying our, our ads have been very organic, and I like that. That's all I'm saying. Me okay. too. We're doing a voicemail? All right, we're trying this. We're trying a new scheme. We're trying this. Where we do our voicemails, uh, and I guess... Probably what will happen is you will not hear us reacting because we're gonna. Drop oh, I was like, why audio. are you telling them the nuts and bolts of this? But that makes sense. You're telling, <laughs> yeah. you're not gonna hear us like giggling. Through, this is gonna like, sound a little different, possibly. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, here we go. Hi, Andrew, Tony, and guest. Um, I'm a a white woman who was adopted with two Filipino brothers who were also adopted. 
Um, one of my brothers died of COVID a few months ago, and my other brother is struggling a lot, like a lot. Um, he refuses to seek therapy because I don't know reasons. Um, and I was wondering if you had any advice as to how I could maybe convince him that therapy might be a useful tool for him, you know, especially considering, um, you know, the fact that his older brother really, you know, did a lot for him. It was almost a codependent relationship, whatever. Um, but thank you so much for what you do. Um, I really enjoyed the show. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm sorry. Uh, the look on uh, Tawny's face and Kevin's face uh, does. I pick these in a vacuum. And look, I could listen to them beforehand. I was just, I was very um, sad for the caller. Yeah. I didn't yeah. expect it. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, I don't know that we're the people to ask. Maybe you are because I, you've talked so openly about starting therapy. Well, so yeah, I maybe maybe that's why I actually responded to this because I just did a thing um, that I think is actually going to have to come out in a different form um, where I was trying to get um, my cousin to go to therapy. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I recorded it. And so maybe that's why this all responded to me and I didn't think this all through. But... As far as like the sort of like race of it goes, like we really don't have like the insight here is like there's a little bit of like, you know, cultural shit sort of um, that's probably honestly a little bit less with an adopted family. But, um, you know, there's there's a stigma is sort of um among Asian folks for mental health that may or may not have like come across directly to your brothers, but like certainly exists in the culture. There's like all sorts of toxic masculinity tied up with not getting therapy at all. Um, but I guess it's like to the extent that, that there's a general version of this, it is sort of this like optics of the whiteness of it, of mm. like, like pushing this thing that is like, um, at least by some perception, certainly was mine at one point. That's like a white thing mm. uh, as far as like um, therapy, talk therapy, that sort of thing goes. Um, because actually, so like even from my personal standpoint, it's like when I try to convince my family members to go to therapy, and this is like the, I guess, I don't know if it's a double standard, but it's the complexity of it. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Mm. But like if a white person were to tell my relatives to go Colonizer. to therapy, I'd be like, yeah, truly. You're like, you mind your own business. That's mm -hmm. like your cultural viewpoint, mm -hmm. um, blah, blah, blah. And the third part of this, and this is where it gets probably a little ugly, is like, is me suggesting to my family they go to therapy, me being whitewashed. Mm. Uh, some, I mean, some of them, I'm sure, would say it is. Yeah, for sure. They probably are saying it right now. Oh, it's nice that they listen now. No, I mean, I'm just saying they're just generally saying it <laughs> yeah. right now. They just say it, they're yelling it all the time, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, so that's sort of like the, like, to the extent that there is a discussion about it, of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I also I was just thinking in my head, I, I, I have, I have not tried to get anyone in my family to go to therapy. Yeah. Maybe because I think I know it's 
not going to happen. Yeah. So I think I try to lead by example and leave a door open to let them know that if they have questions about it, I'm someone they can talk to because I'm very honest about going. Yeah. But I don't know that that's enough. The caller seems to want, I mean, when something serious like that happens, I, I think regardless of race or relationship, it's okay to, you know, to really advocate for it because it is okay to advocate it. for it. But I think there's also a similar like diminishing returns of mm -hmm. it. We're like, you can advocate for it. You, you know, arguably should. The odds of it going down the way you want it to, as I found when I try to do it, is like very, very slim. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's just like like I think part of it is like me fast forwarding my own journey and what's helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it, it it was one of those things. Like, even as I was trying to do this thing, I was like, oh right, this ain't working. Yeah. Um, and it's okay that it's not working actually. Um, so yeah, I think that maybe, maybe that's the heart of this is like, I thought I had something to say to this caller and maybe that could have been done on my own time. Well, the, the only suggestion I had was, um, if it feels too, oh, dogs, Root dogs. um, if it feels too invasive or whatever to keep pushing therapy, are there other things that you could recommend with it? Like, yeah. are there other things that we know? help people deal with mental health issues that you yeah. could also be recommending that isn't quite so charged and so kind of coded as a quote white thing. Yeah. I'm not saying like take him to yoga, but I kind mm -hmm. of am saying like things like that, that you could present it as a cornucopia of well-being as yeah. opposed to you must go to Switzerland and get psychoanalyzed, which is the undertone. If people yeah. don't go to therapy, that's, yeah. that's what a lot of people think it is. Because that honestly is like going to be likely where you wind up. Mm -hmm. Some version of that. It's mm -hmm. like, look, you can be there for the for your loved ones. Um, you can advocate for a a specific type of thing. I mean, I guess the other like racial element to it is like, like it or not, yes, like like therapy is underused, especially for people of color. Um, but there are other ways to cope. Yeah, and there, you know, again, sort of rightly or wrongly, there's like the cultural shit. It's it's it also kind of matters like it is part of it and like yeah. like being cognizant that like hey i know i'm your white sibling like i think has to be part of it yeah and if the word therapy is tr is tough there there are groups for people who've lost someone that aren't quote unquote therapy but have the same effect so yeah, yeah i think maybe just doing a little research on and maybe you've done this a lot of things that you could present as an option yeah you'll find one that seems the least scary or pushy or yeah or and like kind of realizing there's an element of like and this this okay this is the other maybe side of the like kind of whiteness of it is like you can't force people to do stuff and I, not that the caller is like maybe mm -mm. trying to force someone but like it is this thing to like like you know there's there's sort of sometimes no level of like even like reason or understanding or persuasion that will get you the result mm -hmm. that you think is best and like Sometimes it is just a matter of like, look, the the path is the path, and yeah, it's just got to go down like that. Yeah, this is completely different. But my mom's dad died when she was twenty five and mm. regretted not seeking therapy, but also felt like for a year and a half she couldn't like 
it was just too raw and too sensitive. Mm. And so four months still is like, you know, yeah. pretty close to pretty it. close to it. That could. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe in time. Too. So maybe it's just about you having some patience and just supporting them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe ready. that's the like like something the the general like useful version of this is like 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 all of our conversations, especially with family. It's like mm. there's only actually so much. Like like we and mostly I make sometimes broad prescriptions <laughs> about what you can be done. And I think the reality is it's like you're pushing someone in a direction and you're it's like steering a sh- uh, a ship mm-hmm. but it's slow and by degrees and like yes. like it's like a process not a mm-hmm. silver bullet. Mm-hmm. This is a comedy show folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, it's good. I'm glad they felt comfortable calling in with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That tells me like you know, I, that it's just nice to hear that someone uh, trusts us in that way. I don't know that we've earned that trust, but I'm flattered yeah. that it was given. Yeah. And uh, we did our best. <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> I'm sorry I broadsided everyone. Uh, is this second one going to be less of a broadside? I wouldn't know. We'll find out. <laughs> we wouldn't know. Hey, babe. So I am a black woman in the fashion industry. Um there's a design that's very big right now. It's like a sheer black mesh top with like a red dragon printed on it um, that I'm like supposed to wear at an upcoming event. And I'm just like, it's like a clearly very like Chinese inspired design. And I'm just like, I'm not sure if that's something I should be wearing, you know, um, like, yeah. Okay. I'm that. That's the whole question. I'm sorry. I love you, babe. Oh, two babes, two babes. This is a very different energy. Yeah. Um, I believe I heard the caller. They're in fashion, mm-hmm. and they have to wear a design on a shirt that to them looks Chinese. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it probably is. I don't. I couldn't picture exactly like what it was, but like it's definitely like fake Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so this is sort of like when cultural appropriation is like more complex than just white people snatching stuff. Yeah, I I feel like I'm usually um, slightly in the wrong in conversations like this because it is sort of the like, well, what about Wu Tang of it? Yeah. And and I'm like, you know, I think there there it's like what sits too heavily in my brain is like Asian anti-blackness to just be like, I don't know, this doesn't feel like a big deal. I see what you're saying. Whereas if this was a white person, yeah, it would be like, like, don't wear that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like I need to see it. And that that's an imperfect way to judge. But I, I feel like I know when I'm looking at something that's like some things have fringe and some things are clearly trying to rip off a fake Native American look, yeah. you know? And you just know it when you see it a little bit. And so yeah. I don't know that this one shirt, if it's bumping, you don't wear it. Mm-hmm. That's all you can say. Yeah, I mean, and, and sort of the larger trend of like, um, like black folks using... Asian culture that's mm-hmm. often like filtered through white people's perception of Asian culture mm-hmm. or like Asian people's culture for the West. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, again, it's the Wu Tang of it where you're the like, Chun-Li, well, the Nicki Minaj kind of, yeah. yeah, where it's like, this for sure is like, has like Orientalist overtones mm-hmm. and is like kind of quote racist in that way. Um, oftentimes, Asian people perpetuate and profit from it too, though. Mm-hmm. So I would want to know like who who is the designer because it doesn't sound like this is a Forever Twenty One top. If you're yeah. in fashion, it sounds like you got it from someone. I feel likely. I feel like it's likely a black designer. Sure, that feels like yeah. the implication at least. 
because it's an easy question if it's a white designer or an Asian designer. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, so if it's a little more complex, then... So that's why I guess I just assumed that. Um, yeah, this is like, I mean, in the 90s and now kind of again when like the Mandarin collar tight dresses were huge. Yeah. Everyone, they were everywhere. And it was like, it was impossible to distinguish for me, a child, <laughs> sure. between people who... We're doing it the right way and the wrong way. And now that I get older, when I look back at pictures, I'm like, oh, it's clear to me who was doing it okay and who wasn't. And I don't know what that is. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is it's going to age poorly, but it's fine now, if that makes sense. Sure. Like, I can yeah. just, like, tell you that right now no one's going to say anything. No one's going to be bothered by it. Yeah. And it is not, quote, unquote, that bad. Yeah. And it won't be, quote, unquote, that bad later down the road, but it's going to age poorly. Yeah. Like, almost, I feel just confident saying that. But we also haven't seen it. I don't know. There's a world where this collar is overthinking things and it's just a dragon on a shirt that no one else looking at it would think is Chinese. Looking. Yeah. But then there's also the world where it's exactly as bad as we all think it is. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just like, like we're just kind of working through like a weird inflection point in the objectification of Asia. Because also yeah. like Asia is pushing Asian culture very hard. Mm -hmm. And like economically, like China especially is like so on the rise that like, I guess it's very hard to say how this is going to look, feel. Yeah. Maybe. And what is your role in fashion? Because here's the thing. When I see a, a runway show and mm -hmm. the models have fake froze, I'm never like, let me look up every model and get mad. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. You're making your day rate. I'm I'm sorry yeah, that you yeah. didn't feel you could speak up, but I'm not, I'm, I'm mad at like the designer, you know? Yeah. So for this person, I'm kind of like, not that you shouldn't take ownership, but I am a little like, is it, do you have to wear it or you'll lose your job? And is this the hill you want to die on? Right, right, right. I, I think it is just like, yeah. I mean, the the hair splitting real version of it is like, look, you sometimes just do stuff that are, is imperfect. We're all in entertainment, have all worked on stuff. They're like, or at least maybe if it wasn't the thing wasn't great. It's like we certainly worked for corporations that made things yeah, that weren't great. Directly for people who made other things that you're like, Jesus, I can't, yeah. you know. So it is like the reality of like working in like an entertainment cultural sort of context. Send us a picture. I hate, I don't want to open the door up to follow up. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. No, we never, we, ever want to follow up. Sometimes folks. we do a follow up on the other show. Sorry to. Yeah. blow up your spot but, but we, we don't, don't want it <laughs> we don't want it sometimes it's just compelling enough that we do it we so get. if you if you want to send us a picture we, we won't condemn you you're going to make yeah. your choice based on your situation and how much power you have in it because we don't know that yeah because that's the other thing like asking this black woman if she works for a bunch of white people yeah 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 right why like, are you, you the only this, person taking a fall and or, you're yeah. gonna lose a job like i don't like that either yeah so yeah i guess it's just like like Especially in the world where it's like sort of white people profiting from it. It is this like cultural appropriation, orientalism of it. If it's mm -hmm. a black person, it's still all these tropes were like made for quote American culture, mm -hmm. which really is white culture. I mean, that's like, again, that like all that like, like 70s Kung Fu movie shit mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, it is like kind of racist when people perpetuate it. But it is like, this was like the reality of making culture for racist Americans. Yeah. And and then like what's Asian people's part in all of this? Mm. And <sighs> it's an all black people situation, event, designer, everything. I would just chalk that up to not my favorite. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> be grateful I don't have to make a yeah. decision. 
Oh my god, those were our two calls. Those I don't were, know. We got dogs barking. We're I know the dogs efficient. are like, you guys are done. I think we did a good job. There was something I wanted to say. Oh, next week we should tell the people. Mm-hmm. Next week we have a special treat for you, aka. Kevin's going out of town, so we have to release something we already recorded. I was going to try to pass it off like it was a, a prize, but really it's a convenience for us. Um, we are going to release one episode, the first episode um, of a podcast I do with my best friend Poonam Patel called Dear Dairy. That is something that we have been testing out in the Suboptimal Bundle. Uh, so there's more episodes of that in there. If you like what you hear next week, you can subscribe to the bundle and get all the episodes we've made. I think we have five or six so far. Um, but it is the two of us uh, she's an Indian woman who grew up in Florida. I'm obviously me. I grew up in California. Mm-hmm. Reading from our bizarrely parallel middle school and high school diaries, just being brown kids in in weird weird areas. Yeah, so we're going to release the first episode of that in place of this, just so you're not confused. Like, why is there no racism mm-hmm. voicemails? Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. And then we'll be back the following week with our regularly scheduled racisms. <laughs> And if you want to contribute to our racism, thank you for the calls this week. They were, you know, yes, like, both great. again, yeah, great in, in their own way and like interesting. And like, you know, thanks, uh, I guess, especially to the first caller for being vulnerable. Um, I guess apologies to everyone. And especially once again, to Kevin and Tony for You're dropping fine. this shit on them. I was really I was like, I never think things through when You've I'm like great. selecting the voicemails. I'm just like, yeah, oh, there's a thing. Um, but if you want to contribute to that, three two three three eight nine seven two two three. That's three two three three eight nine. Race. Um, yo, is this racist on social media? Um, follow the at suboptimal pods account. We'll be making some uh, little announcements coming up soon about things in the bundle, things that might be coming out of the bundle and become their own standalone show. Surprise, surprise. Um, but yeah, you can subscribe to all that at suboptimalpods.com. Mm-hmm. I'm at Trondy Newman. Kevin is at two different handles. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. Kevin J. Bartelt and Kev Bartelt on Instagram. Kevin J. Bartelt on Twitter. Kev Bartelt, Instagram. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sebastian. So